Yo, BJ Gajor with the weekly BJ podcast. We're going to talk about three key things today. Number one, two anonymous customer complaints. We had these recently and I just had to share and uh, frankly, I'm just going to get this off my chest. Number two, two must-watch pieces of content that if you haven't watched already, you must watch during this quarantine. And finally, hunger, how it's been my secret weapon to success when I've been at my best over the years and how it can also be the same for you. Let's get into it. All right, let's address some of the basic bitches. I got customer complaints Two of them we'll go through quickly. Again, I'll keep it anonymous. I'm not going to give full names, but we'll use the first name because these first names are quite common and I think gives uh, you know a little face to the name. So number one, let's go with Dennis the Menace. This one really like, you know, we, we generally have very reasonable people and that type of thing, but you know, occasionally we'll get like a total jackass and this guy definitely fit the bill. He, I will, I will give him this. I will give him this. You ruined my day. So uh, you obviously wanted to be heard and you felt the type of way and you, you did ruin my day. But, uh, you know, this is, this is the course of action that happens when you fuck around. And this guy basically, he starts by saying, you know, he calls up my wife too, which, you know, always takes it to the next level for me. And goes, you know, I, I, I simply demand an explanation for the prices of your shorts. I, I've been a customer of BJ for a long time. And I, I think I, I'm, de- I'm, I demand an explanation. I think I deserve one. And then, you know, so we go into that. So I, I love answering that thing. Again, you know, it's one of those things like there, nothing screams loser like someone who complains publicly about prices. Because what do you do? You don't buy and you get something cheaper and shittier. Or you could just wait till we have a sale but also understand, too, that our clothing line, Sleeve Sold Separately, is for men that are successful inside and outside of the gym. The price reflects that beyond the fact that we manufacture in the USA and use premium materials. Now, he was also trying to say, well, I heard, you know, BJ must was lying because he said, you know, part of why production has been slowed on some of the, the Sleeve Sold Separately items is because uh, they, they get some stuff from China. Well, yeah, we, th- there are certain things like the best zippers out there you can only get from China. So since the pandemic has started and hit those areas sooner, it came out of China, we've been waiting on things like our our hoodies and our joggers, uh, those types of items that required these zippers. We haven't been able to get them out because of that before everything got shut down anyway from Corona. But again, he's, he's trying to play this game of gotcha. And then he says, and I said, well, I don't know why you're playing gotcha with us. And he, then he starts calling me Donald Trump, who, by the way, I couldn't be further. I couldn't be further from him. Because daddy didn't give me $10 million to start my shitty fitness business. I built this shitty business from scratch. It might be shitty, but I built it from scratch with my wife. So it's an unfair comparison. And it's just obviously a guy that he's going through some shit, I understand. But he's trying to like slander us publicly. So he starts by complaining about the short prices and then trying to claim that, you know, we're lying about manufacturing in the USA. Every fucking item we make, we make in downtown LA. All right. There are certain things we have to get from other countries. Hopefully, if anything, that this quarantine does is it makes America more self-sufficient with supplies. Hopefully that happens. Doubtful. But anyway, so then, then, he, then he conveniently pivots to saying six months after the Gorilla Corn Gains program of 2019 ended, 
he goes, I also felt like I got swindled from the Gorilla Corn Gains program because it started at $200 a month and then it just became something that was in $20 a month membership at dailybj.com. And I, I, when the program ended and it became available for a lower cost, I felt like I was swindled and, and I, I should have just waited till it became available and he should have told me up front that it was going to become that down the road. You know, he, here's like, this This tells me that this guy, he if he owns a business, it's not a successful one because Name one fucking thing ever in the history of, of business that launches at a lower price to become a higher price and, and it's done so successfully unless it's completely changed. It's new, it was a new program. It was an intensive coaching program with six Gorilla Corn Gain style workouts a month. There was a special Facebook group that had daily attention and accountability in there. We did weekly live streams, which ended up just being the same fucking five people every time that had my time for an hour. And by the way, this motherfucker would never show up to those. And then when he occasionally did, he'd comment, oh, uh, sorry, I've been so busy, but I'm really enjoying the program. So when, part of my responses to him was, look, man, like Gorilla Corn Gains is now available at the dailybeja.com, but it's not the same program. It's You're getting two, two workouts instead of six, and there's no coaching. Really what that was about is the programming was so intense, so intense. I, I, I couldn't do that. Couldn't do it this year. I have too much going on. And especially as you're getting older, over 30, 35, there's just no way you can maintain the pace of those six weekly workouts. But it was a special one-year training program. It was, it was marketed as a one-year thing. I never said I was going to do it again. In fact, I didn't want to do it at all anymore because it just, it's a lot of fucking work. And most people don't, don't have the equipment to do it or, frankly, the fucking stones to get through these workouts. Those that are Gorilla Corn members now or previously, they know what I'm talking about. But, um, you know, I never said it was going to be anything next to that. But I, what I would wanted to do is, I, 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 like, I don't want to leave you guys hanging. You guys really enjoyed the program. A lot of people were upset it wasn't continuing. So I'm like, you know what? I'll, I'll modify the program, use more basic equipment, and then merge it with our weekly follow-along workouts. You get the best of both worlds, and you can continue building what you did in this, this special one-year highly intensive program. Now, look, man, he's like, well, I paid $2,000 and I could have just, you know, for the year, it would only be 200 bucks for the dailybeacher.com. Well, what you're also overlooking too is, well, you would have lost a year. How much is that year worth to you? Obviously, you didn't really, you were not, just so you know, Dennis the Menace, you were not one of our stars, okay? I, we barely heard from you and, uh, I mean, especially this coming six months after it finished, I mean, uh, really unbelievable. I, you must be going through some shit, but look, we all go through some shit. I don't go out and fucking try to slander people publicly and start fires. So, and by the way, what's so funny about this guy? He's talking all this shit. He's trying to fucking play gotcha with us every step of the way. And then he's like, and, and, and don't talk about me in your podcast. So what the fuck do you think I was going to do? You obviously wanted some attention. Look, I'm giving it to you and I'll give you a win. You, you ruined my fucking day. I was so pissed. I had kill fantasies about you all day. Um, and now I'm over it, but now I just, I, I get it off my chest. Obviously you wanted to hear your name in some way and you wanted to, to, to make an impact and you did, but you know, now, now you're dead to me. So this is the last time I will speak of you or acknowledge your existence. And, uh, it's just one of those things. I, you know, <laughs> you can't fully predict what you're going to do with a program or anything else like that. If you, were upset about paying $2,000 that you shouldn't have paid for it in the first place. And you also should have been such an idiot and you should have done the lump sum, which would have been half the cost. Or you could have just waited 
and hope that maybe down the road sometime it would become available at a lower price or you just don't do it at all, which is really what you did. Maybe that's why you feel a type of way because you thought you could just buy into something and get results and then you realize how much work was involved. So, you know, it is what it is and uh, that's Dennis the Menace for you. Uh, I don't know why you follow us. I don't know why you're still engaging in the content. I don't know why you waited six months to complain and it just comes in the face of everything that we, like again, you said you liked the program whenever you did, you know, engage in it. And then when I said that, he goes, well, I never recall saying that I, I, I loved it, though I did I did enjoy what I did. I'm, I'm like, whatever, dude, get the fuck out of here. Really? You got nothing better to do right now? Maybe you don't because it's quarantine. But like, honestly, I've been working my ass off during quarantine. I've been getting better during quarantine. I have been going on fucking public uh, forums trying to fuck, you know, fuck with people online, especially when, uh, and just being fair, man, like we delivered 100% on that service. And you said you liked it. Okay. So it just six months later, you come in complaining about short prices and then you pivot to saying we fucking swindled you in the Gorilla Corn Gains program. So you're obviously just a piece of shit human being, or you had a really bad day, probably a combination of both. But go away. Go away. We'll be fine. We'll be fine without you. Number two, this is a quicker one. Guy named Larry. I don't know. I don't know anything about this guy, but he goes. I'm, you know, hey, BJ, I really like your shorts, but I'm one of the more frugal types. So I'd rather pay like 25 bucks and get four pairs of shirts for $100 than pay $100 for one short. Look, I mean, I've never heard of such a basic bitch. Because you can't even get those fucking prices at Goodwill. It can't even be a nonprofit. You lose money on shorts. I mean, what, what are these made out of? Like pure mesh? You can't even get that shit at Dick's or Goodwill. Why would you think we'd want you as a customer? And think what you want. Think what you want. By the way, while we're dealing with some of these customer complaints or just my wife and I were talking shit about these people, we fucking have several hundred dollar orders come in. They just, we've got plenty of people willing to pay premium prices. And if they don't want to pay, they won't. And they don't have to say anything about it or they can wait till we have a sale. But I just don't understand why you would think, oh, yeah, so so we we consistently sell $100 shorts. So you think you're going to complain and I'm going to bump my prices down 75% in the hope that you you buy four of them. I mean, honestly, God, like this is why it's so funny when you hear people complain about businesses and stuff. Like, I'll give you an example, right? Uh, Mother's Day, we've got this great uh, local spot, like kind of a brunch spot. And they have been historically excellent. The food is always fresh. Premium prices, make no mistake, but it's fresh. We love it there. But we haven't been there since the quarantine because they've been closed, but they just started delivery and they had a special delivery thing for Mother's Day. Unfortunately for them, <laughs> they really did. I'm not going to share the name because we're going to keep supporting these people. And, and things happen. These are these are un, unforeseen circumstances, right? But um, they did... It was like a perfect storm. They had to kind of shit the bed on Mother's Day because they did online deliveries and they had a lot of people pre-order and then the system broke. And then what ended up happening was people had to wait two hours. People were outside, including my wife and I, waited two hours for uh, for brunch, takeout. By the way, we had to end up heating up at home. It was delicious, by the way, but uh, people were getting so pissed. There were, there were there was this one woman in particular who was, you know, it's, it's fucking Karen. You know, the typical, just always complaining, always has to have her, her, his or her voice heard and uh, can never just like look outside themselves and think, okay, you know, this is 
because this is uncharacteristic of this business. And she's like, you know, I'm never going to come back here. I heard this place was good, but now, you know, unfortunately that was her first experience. But my wife was even saying, look, they're always, they're always really on point. This is just like, you know, things just didn't, things went sideways today and, and they were doing the best they could. But then some of these people were like, they were going inside the building to kind of like pressure them physically and breaking the social distancing. It just, I, I look at it like, what, what, how is that going to help? People were taking photos so they could send them to the local authorities saying that they weren't uh, administering proper social distancing. You know, again, it's just, there's a certain way that people react to problems. Look, I, I can get pissed about stuff, but you know, I'm not going to go fucking railroad people, especially when it's another, I, I understand what it's like to be a small business. And, and especially during these times, you can't, I mean, they were doing the best they could. And it's unfortunate that these wait times were ridiculous, <laughs> But, you know, at the same time, like, if Mother's Day was so important to you, you shouldn't have put it in the hands of a business trying to figure out delivery during the quarantine. Cook at home. Or or just get over yourself and get a, get a refund and move on. And so I see that. And then, you know, we, I, we had to see, like, how people were complaining. You know, they're trying to slander the business. Like, and some of these people were, were return customers. I, I've loved them for a year, but this, I, I'll never go back now. And it's like... It is a what have you done for me lately, and I, we have a lot of entrepreneurs listening. Uh, we have a lot of trainers listening who deal with uh, clients that expect everything for uh, for less, you know, and and think that they're gonna <laughs> tap into the miracle of fitness uh, without any sort of commitment. You know, it, it's and they're just soft people. They're soft people. They can't handle the adversity or these types of things. And it just it, to me, it's it's the next level when you go and you try to just slander a business. Deal with your own shit. Fix yourself. I think it's a good way to live. And again, just have some perspective. Like, yes, they dropped the ball on Mother's Day. But you know what? They didn't mean to. These are, they were dealing with, I mean, and also to their credit, you know, the online thing got fucked up. So there were so many orders that were given in a certain period of time that came through at once and they, they just got behind and that was it. But, you know, these are, you know, younger kids just doing the best they can. You know, I, again, I just, it was just a perfect example of how, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to put my wife and I on a pedestal, but like, you know, we're, we're, we were surely hungry and it was two hours of our Sunday that we really wish we could have gotten back, but it's a great business and they just, they, they fucked up that day and we, we could have waited, we could have just gotten a refund, but we decided to wait and it is what it is. Things go on. But it just—it's a perfect example. So two customer complaints: Dennis the Menace, and uh, Hey Larry, go buy your your, your fucking four shorts for a hundred dollars, twenty-five each. Larry, good luck with your fashion, Larry. Get the fuck out of here, Larry. I don't give a shit about you, Larry. And by the way, on on DMs and stuff too, guys. I just can't do it anymore. I can't. If you really want to reach me and you're a member of the DailyBJ.com, just just post it uh, in the comments. That's the, I, I just can't get to the comments anymore. The DMs. I just can't do it. So uh, I just got to I, I gotta save the time for the people that matter to me most, and it's members of the dailybeejo.com. So I want to get into two must-watch pieces of content next, and uh, just wanted to share that with you because it, there's mindset is really important, especially during these types of times. And uh, you can go about trying to tear people down, or you can fucking just make things happen for yourself and just accept that sometimes things go sideways. And just have some perspective about it. All right? Fuck.
Okay, part two, two must-watch pieces of content. Number one, the movie There Will Be Blood with Daniel Day-Lewis came out about 10 years ago, and I had first seen it then in theaters, but I went to see it when I was tired. I wasn't ready to... I was I was not ready to receive the movie beyond the fact I was tired when I saw it in theaters. So I'm so glad I watched it again. My wife had not seen it before at all. So um, we saw it this past Saturday night. And uh, man, that movie, it might be one of the great motivational movies of all time. I'll talk more about it. And some of you that have seen it might be laughing because that may not be what you associate. You might not associate motivation with that movie, but we'll get into that. And the last one is The Last Dance. This fucking MJ Bulls documentary that's been on ESPN, two episodes each of the last five Sundays, just finished up this past Sunday. And uh, man, I, for, for many of you, you know, I'm 37, I'll be 38 in September, and I grew up a diehard Michael Jordan fan. And if you grew up, you know, if you were an 80s, 90s baby, and you saw the, the legend that is Michael Jordan, like, live, and then just to reconnect with that all these years later, it was exactly, these are two pieces of content that I really needed to see at the exact time I did, that you just hope you see stuff like that, like this when you need it. You know what I'm saying? So if you, if you kind of looked over, there will, be, there will be blood, and what I talk about resonates with you coming up, um, you, you need to dig back in and watch it. And uh, I watched it with my wife, we both really enjoyed it. A lot of people would say it's, it's too long or too slow, and then some people... Uh, my wife was saying that she's, she's seen, again, I'm, I'm saying my wife because I don't want to get caught in any sort of like, you know, misogynistic quote here, but um, it appears to be something that resonates more with men than women. It did resonate with my wife. She's a woman. So I, I just have to say that, but uh, it, it's, 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 uh, it's quite a film. And obviously Daniel Day-Lewis is one of, this guy is a classically trained motherfucker. One of the great actors. So he, he, he probably puts so much into it. That's why he only does like a movie every 10 years. But without any spoilers here, essentially what it covers, like the movie starts in like, like 1898. This is the wild, wild west. You think of, you know, cowboys and all that bullshit. It's really what it is. It's, it's, there was this time when <laughs> there, were, there were these unlimited resources in the West and people were looking for oil and these oil barons came, came from nothing. Many of them, at least the, the lead character, from nothing. He built in himself into just an oil baron. And it really, I mean, we're talking extreme, the type of extreme wealth that um, is unfathomable to, to, to almost 99.9999999% of the population. But what it really was, like the, the character's name is Daniel Plainview, and he's all about plain speak. And this, this guy is, he's super antisocial and introverted. Obviously, that resonates with me. He is extremely competitive. In fact, there's one point in the movie where he he starts talking. And it's he's almost in pain as he says it. How much he how much disdain he has for for people and how he ha- he has this competition in me. He says, "I have this competition in me, this disease of competition." And anyone that's listening that was a competitive athlete, and and if you were like if you were a competitor, not you didn't just compete in competitive athletics, you were a competitor within competitive athletics. You know what that's like. Because it, it can it eats at you when you lose or you struggle or you hit adversity and you have setbacks. You, it eats at you and you use it as fuel to respond and make yourself better, or you quit. Right? I mean that that there's there's two options. But this movie just really it really resonated with me because it's it's really a story of a guy that built something incredible from nothing, but unfortunately took it too far 
and the result, he ended up you know, achieving his goal and, and more than he ever could thought possible in the faces of some of these big-ass oil companies, too, that had, that had resources. I mean, the movie starts with this guy alone trying to fucking find oil, falls, breaks his leg. I'm not giving too many spoilers. It just, I mean, like, and then he builds this incredible oil empire and decides not to sell to one of these oil businesses along the way because his quote, what would I do with myself? Because it's all about, he's committed himself to this, to this goal. And without that goal, he has no reason to live. So you can take it too far and some crazy shit happens. <laughs> and I think it, it was a perfect pace and length to give you, a, uh, to give us a taste of what it's really like to build something from nothing. It is a grueling, pride-swallowing uh, journey. There's a huge cost there's a cost to the people around you. There's a cost to you. And you have to find a way not to lose yourself in the pursuit of something special. It's very difficult. People that have never pursued something fully with their, their heart and soul to the point where they would cry about it, wail about it, become depressed about it, lose themselves over it. It's something you can't understand. So it might, be, might seem too over the top. or, um, But man, it really, it really resonated. And I think it, it's worth a watch. And it's a cautionary tale in a lot of ways. And, and by the way, I want to share this. Uh, I'm going to share a, a story. I ran into this guy, this random guy, picking up uh, a steak and potato dinner on Saturday night. It, it's, it's worth talking about. I'll kind of pivot to that when I talk about hunger. This whole this episode is about hunger. I'm going to get to it. But uh, all these things relate. So check it out. I, I, it's one of the great motivational movies of all time. And I say that laughing, but also seriously. And I, I think it's just a worth a watch. And there's also some perspective, like, there was a moment where he gives his son goat milk, like, and, and like the goat milk is like a, cu- a glass of goat milk was nutritional gold for them. And here, here we are, I'm making these super shakes with like 15 ingredients, literally giving my body more nutrition in a single shake than these motherfuckers got probably in a month or two in, in the late 1800s. <laughs> so I'm like, as hard as things are and have been for my wife and I in building what we built over the last 15 years, Man, we are some soft motherfuckers compared to the, what these people had to go through. All right? I mean, they didn't even have bread. One of the things he was promising to the community when he was trying to uh, strike oil in their community is like, I'm going to bring you bread in schools. So anyway, just I, I think it's worth a watch, and especially when you go in alert. Make it a matinee. Don't, don't watch it when you're tired or when it's dark. I want you to be alert, and I want you to gain some perspective from that movie. Second thing, The Last Dance. Wow. I mean... I knew most of this stuff about Jordan because I was a diehard Jordan fan, but I never knew the extent to which he played these mind games, the way the ways in which he would create these twisted fantasies to motivate himself when he couldn't find the motivation he needed at certain times, how cutthroat of a competitor he was. You know, like th- that Terminator mindset, you know, you're down, don't just kick him, kick him in the balls. And step on their throats. And this relentless pursuit of excellence. I talked about that with the passing of Kobe earlier in the year. And Kobe basically was trying to be Michael Jordan 2.0. Came very close. Hard to totally replicate the original. And uh, you look into the mind. And I think in a lot of ways some people will say, well, Michael Jordan was a terrible teammate, a terrible person. He, he would punch. He punched Steve Kerr in the face during practice once. He would ride rookies and, and push people to the brink of, you know, 
exhaustion or you know mental breakdowns because he, he felt it was necessary for them to get hardened the way he had to get hardened to become who he was. Because, you know, it's one thing when, like, you become Michael Jordan, but you come onto Michael Jordan's team, especially if, like, you're a rookie and you didn't have to go through the Celtics or the Lakers or the fucking bad boy Pistons to get there. You know, so it gives you some perspective on, you know, not everybody has a leadership type. Some people lead by example. Others will literally grab you by the teeth and pull you to get where they need to be. Not every response to that, but if you're going to play on the Chicago Bulls in the 1990s, that was just how it was done. And it was really interesting to see how emotional he got when he talked about the perception of him as a teammate or as an athlete and how, like, you know, the reasons he did it and that winning comes at a cost, doing big things come at a cost. And I'm not saying you have to punch your teammates in the face to have success or your coworkers, whoever it is that, you know, is on your team or that you need to get things done, but wow, man, really just how difficult it is. I mean, he's literally playing with the best athletes in the world and he just always found a way to be just a little bit better. And really what it was, was his mind. His mind, his mental game was just at a different level. He had all the skills. He was one of the great athletes of all time. There's no denying that. You know, he clocked at a 4-3-40 at North Carolina. His vertical jump was approaching 50 inches. And by the way, some of these attributes diminished in that second half of his career, but he just found a way to continually evolve his game, become more of a perimeter shooter, a fadeaway jump, jumper guy, uh, use his teammates more. So again, he had this ability to evolve as he was losing pure physical raw talent. He, his skills and his mind game just, just became to a whole nother level. And then, but we never really knew, we had heard some stories about trash talking and people talking shit and then, and then him coming back and just exploding on them. Like, some this guy gets talk shit. He scores two points. MJS fifty plus. There were lots of stories like that. But then he would even in some cases just create stories. And I've always really admired what he achieved as uh, an athletic icon, a cultural icon, fashion icon, business icon. You know, I named our shorts Lunge Man because the inspiration was Jump Man. Premium. Athleisure apparel that not everyone can really pull off, frankly. I mean, you have to be uh, a certain type of dude to wear these clothes. You know what I'm saying? And by the way, going back to complaining about prices, I, I have a pair of $400 Jordans. I'm not bragging about that because I, I, I my sneaker collection is a fucking joke compared to what I see online. Uh, and I haven't invested that much in it, much in it but I do love sneakers and in particular, this this four hundred dollar pair. It's a retro eleven. They're the lows. The retro eleven, low, black red, Jordan eleven. And it was the pair of shoes Jordan wore when he came back after baseball to eventually win his first championship after coming back from retirement. And I've, I've approached a lot of what I'm doing this year, um, as, as kind of that. If I if there's a stage of my career, I, I am at that stage. I kind of took, I went on auto, autopilot for a couple of years, had some goal hangover, um, and tried to r- really find out what I wanted to do. I, I you know I, I put in 15 years to build this life, and I I it was a tough thing to come to terms with, but I I finally committed to the fact that I need to do 10 to 15 more years of this. 
And it was tough for me, man. Like I, that, that was a, I could not do that first 15 year sentence again. I, I could not do that again. Thank God that's behind me. But the thought of doing another 10 to 15, um, it just, it's all, it was almost paralyzing. And it just, I, I was, I need to fully commit to something once I do, I'm good, but it took me a while to get there. And, you know, so this Michael Jordan documentary just, uh, it re it got me in touch again with the competitive guy that I was. And again, I, I, I don't mean to, God, I'm not trying, I'm really, I really don't say this to build myself up because this comes with, this can be considered by many a character flaw, but I am very fucking competitive. And I, I use a lot of these tactics coming up to get where I am today that, that I see Michael Jordan regularly use because you have to find, it can't just be about making money or making a name for yourself to go through what you have to go through to build something from nothing and separate yourself from the pack. To become elite at what you do. <laughs> oh man, you have to be hungry. You have to be a hungry motherfucker and you have to be constantly looking for motivation wherever you can find it. And sometimes you got to make that motivation up. Do you understand what I'm telling you right now? You've got to, if you, if you are struggling with motivation, I want you to go watch one of the best to ever do it. Not just in basketball, to ever do it. And maybe learn from some of the mistakes, but also understand uh, the sheer cost of what's involved with doing things that are remarkable, legendary, memorable. It comes at a cost. And oftentimes it comes at a cost to people that are close to you, people you love, people you're working with. And that that's really the struggle is how can you balance those costs with, with what it takes to be great and to win and, and do big things. And, um, man, it's tough, but God, did I enjoy it. And then just seeing how emotional the way he would, the way he was, we saw how he got emotional winning that fourth championship after coming back out of retirement. His father was murdered. His first championship victory without his father there and how emotional he was. We had never heard. We saw him like on the floor with the ball, like visually crying, but to hear him wailing, wailing. I mean, the, the, you could just see how much pain he was in and how much effort he invested in himself spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally to get through that time and come back and reclaim his throne as the greatest player of all time and win another championship. And again, two more after that. But uh, wow, just I, I, I've talked to some of uh, some friends of mine that are basketball fans or MJ fans and you know, there's there's obviously nostalgia about this, but wow, what 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 competitive fire he had, what competitive fire, and I I, I kind of don't even want to say this, but I I just want to be honest about it too. I, I I there I have people I compete with in this space. Do I want them to do well? No. <laughs> no, I I'm in competition with these people. I want to crush them. I want to get so good at what I do that it's not even a conversation. Because, you know, I, I want to enter a level where there's no discussion about what it is. Now, what I do is a joke. I'm okay with that. I don't have a lot of gifts. You know, uh, it, it's really just, uh, you know, high-end gym class or adult PE. I've never said it's anything else than that. But... If it's worth doing, it's worth doing well. And it's worth putting everything you fucking have into and being the best at it. I've, I've always lived that way. 
and when I'm not living that way, uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a complete person because I, I need that mission. I need that. Com- and, and the competition now, um, it's one of those things I don't even have to create it because, you know, I'm, I'm going to be 38 and I don't have the motivation or the energy that some of these younger guys in my space have all these guys, by the way, like, frankly, everything you're doing now, I I did a long time ago and you've sold a lot of what I've done and it is what it is, but I can just tell you really, you're at the age where like you care, you know, you care how you look and it makes you feel good and people make comments about how great you look and that that's motivating. I get it. I, I, I I was at that age and, and now I could give two shits and that's been part of the problem for me. I don't, I don't care. I don't have the same amount of energy that I did. I, uh, I just don't give a shit in some ways. So I've had to find ways now to create. So I, I, I have a handful of people and I see them. I see what they do on social media and that type of thing, you know, uh, and they have mo- many of them. I think all, of, I don't know, I think all of them have bigger overall followings. They get more engagement with what they post, um, but they shouldn't be. You know, when you're younger and you have a larger following and especially on social media, it's, there's younger people on it. You know, uh, it's going to be easier for them that way. But, you know, they team up, they collaborate, they, you know, it's this, they, they, it's this little fucking circle jerk, right? We'll help. I don't, I don't do that shit. I don't want to collaborate with anyone. I don't care for people much. I don't. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I just don't. I, I can't do it. I can't do it. I don't, I don't need to work with you guys. I, <laughs> I got my own style. I got here working by myself. And I continue to plan on doing it that way. So, you know, um, it really has lit up the competitive fire in me where I'm not doing this now. To I don't really get that. But I'm going to get in the type of shape that is going to make you motherfuckers look like shit. And I'm going to fucking keep changing people's lives in a way that you can only scratch the surface of. I, I have dedi- I've never put as much effort into fitness programming like I have this year at thedailybj.com. I almost had a fucking emotional nervous breakdown a couple weeks back because I've been pushing myself to the fucking limit to give you guys and gals the best fucking workouts you've ever had in your life. And it's not just a workout. It, this is a season of fitness. Your first season of fitness and you're seeing how the games, each weekly workout, each wow, which is essentially a fucking big game, it gets a little bit more challenging. And if you keep getting through these, you're becoming a different person. So I share this with you because I don't know what you want to do in your career, in your life. And, and you might be at a stage in your life where you're, you're struggling with the motivation that you had when you were younger. You don't have as much energy. I don't like, man, do I get fucking tired at the end of the day? Because I'm, I'm not just tired from the work I have to do in business or the workouts I have to do, but I'm also, I'm depleted. I'm hungry. I'm tired and I'm going to get into the hunger aspect next year. Um, so, wow, I, I just, I have to be so locked in with my recovery, my diet, you know, um, that, and I just did two podcasts, by the way, that you have to listen to if you haven't already. The last two pre- before this were uh, my go-to supplements and then also uh, Protein Shakes 101. And, and I credit, many of you have asked, how did you get so lean during the quarantine? And I'm like, I do midday protein shakes and I've been doing these follow along workouts and they keep getting harder. And every one I do, I'm not sure if I'm going to get through, but I find a way. And at the end of it, I'm changed. 
and I keep changing in this way weekly, and so are many of you. I see it in the comments at thedailybeejo.com. And uh, then you start to look back at a month, a couple months, and you're like, wow. I mean, some of these workouts, we couldn't even have gotten done even two weeks ago. Like the one we did this week, Fat Frying Flows 3.0. Holy shit. But um, if you're looking for motivation or you are someone that is striving to become an exceptional person at what you do, uh, you got to watch There Will Be Blood, the movie, and you got to watch The Last Dance on ESPN. All right, let's talk about hunger next. All right, hunger. Hunger is the story of my life. To do fitness at this level, what it really takes, you got to be comfortable being hungry. Okay? You'll never understand unless you do this for a living. But we have to live a different life. And and this life requires managing your hunger, living and getting comfortable with being hungry. It sounds uh, depressing, demoralizing. In a lot of ways, it is. You know, uh, over the last two years, I I got sick of being hungry. I finally achieved some really major lifetime goals for myself after 15 years of work. And I look back at like, I want you to understand too, like I found more balance in my life. But, you know, the reason I've gotten here where I am today, and I've always prided myself in the fact that I can look the part and know what I'm talking about and make it fun. Very few people in fitness, you know, a lot of the minds in this business, they frankly look like shit. A lot of the people that are really strong, um, they have no athleticism, they're going to get joint replacements. And again, they, they just kind of look like shit. It's, it's the whole thing, right? You don't want to... You don't want to just be pure aesthetics and you can't fucking, you know, do anything athletic whatsoever or be uh, the other end of the spectrum. You know, for me, I, I've always, I'm about, general fitness gets a bad rap. To me, general fitness is, is the renaissance approach. And there are still some things I, I need to work on, like rhythm and dance. Like rhythm and dance, part of the rhythm component really has been the boxing. And boxing, by the way, when you learn how to do it right, it's really just dancing. It's dance fighting. There's, there's, a, there's a very clear rhythm to it. But complete fitness, you know what I mean? Like not just being strong and not just looking good. It's like we, we, we address all the qualities in my workouts at thedailybj.com. All of the qualities. Because what good is muscle if it can't move and can't do, good th- do big things? Yeah, you might, it might get you laid. It might make you look good in clothes. But God, nothing's worse than seeing someone fit, like look incredibly unathletic. And especially over the last few years when I was just doing too much muscle building work, it comes at your, it comes at an expense of your athleticism. So you, you got, I, I really think I have a good balance going on right now at the dailybeacher.com in 2020, where we do our two metabolic conditioning workouts, Monday and Wednesday. Again, there's a free follow along version of that on your big screen TV every Wednesday, 10 a.m. PST at youtube.com slash BJ Gador, unlimited replay access, all the past follow alongs. So you, you are a total fucking moron if you haven't been doing these. If you've done my DVD, and by the way, don't fucking send me pictures of you doing men's health DVDs. I fucking hate men's health. I get no, I get nothing. I I cut out of all royalties from those products. They are literally, uh, I'm not ashamed of them because they were the best I could do at the time compared to the programming that I have today. They are a fucking joke. I'm I'm embarrassed by it because I'm so much better now. So don't send me pictures of that bullshit. 
and burn those DVDs. And, and definitely don't ask me if you can get a disc fixed. <laughs> I don't have fucking... I'm, I, don't, I don't fulfill men's hell DVDs. Well, honest to God, what... What do, do some of you have fucking brains? Th- just step back and think. What, would does BJ does BJ personally deliver men's health DVDs from ten years ago? Does he have an archive of them and we can just send you disc replacements? Also, where do you play your DVDs? Because I can't seem to find a DVD insert on my fucking computer right now. Oh, because none of them have them anymore. I guess you could put it on your PlayStation or uh, Xbox. Sorry for the rant, but um. Yeah, man. So, and then, by the way, living in Malibu, fuck. I couldn't get anything done. I'm, I'm sitting there, and I look out. Some of you ask why I moved. You moved for several reasons. One, we found a larger place with a pool and a hot tub for less money. And it also had, uh, with the space, was enough space to house all of our, our man baby CBD, our sleep so separately apparel. Uh, it, it allowed both my wife and I to have separate offices, which has been incredible. Just having our own dedicated workspaces that are own, we, we've been so productive this year. We've been, we've been, we've accomplished a year's worth of work in the last couple months during quarantine. I, I swear to God, we're really, we're really like finding our stride, not only individually but as a team. It's it's starting to get fun because we're both, we both know what we're good at, and we're just going to work, and then we get get back together at the start and end of each day to make sure we can support each other in that way, and we keep going. It's been a lot of fun, but um. God damn, I look out there in the fucking Pacific Ocean. The waves are just rippling. Just rippling. I swear to God, one time I thought I saw a seal rise up and give me a wink, almost enticing me to come into the Pacific Ocean with it. Drop palm trees everywhere. You know, you want to do a little work, feel good about yourself, and then go do like a fucking lunch. And then you have a lunch and you're fucking, you have a big lunch and it's not one of these protein shakes that I recommend, which... It's quick, light, easy to digest and gives you energy and can go on with the rest of your day. Like It's the type of meal that like, okay, I've got to take a nap. And then before you know it, it's fucking 4 p.m. and you call it a day. And I was having lots of those days. I've never had those days before because uh, I've never lived in such a beautiful place up until that point. And uh, I had a lot of goal hangover from, I, honestly, a lot of what happened at Men's Health, getting on the cover, working there, um... I thought was the pinnacle of what I was going to do. So I, I felt like, wow, I, my best days are behind me. And maybe they are. Maybe I, I may have peaked in my fitness career in terms of overall reach. I hope to make up for that with the amount of deep impact I can have and the people that do engage in what I do. So that, that's where I have to go now at this point because I can't control, you know, I don't have incredible resources. I don't have um, the platform of 30-year brand. I don't do these stupid collaborations with other people just to get more followers, mainly because I, I don't want to, I don't really like people in fitness. All they want to do is talk about fucking fitness. They have no other interests. They're not, they not, tend to not be very smart. I mean, we, let's just be honest about it. It's, they're more physical people. God bless them. So I have a hard time relating to these fucking idiots. And, uh, but it doesn't mean I can't be in more better shape than them and, and be way better at what I do than them. So that that's where I, that's where I have to keep my focus. And, you know, and, and that's where, I, where I'm trying to keep it now. But when I had, when I finally recently committed, okay, so I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to do this anymore. I lost my hunger for this because I achieved many of the goals. I then I, I got to an age now where, you know, my perspective on life has changed a lot. I realize how 
precious life is and what's important. And I realized the cost of what it took for me to get here. I had a lot of people, a lot of friends, you know, that felt like I abandoned them. I had family that felt like I abandoned them, you know, um, close friends, you know, they, they make fun of you for, you know, always, you know, having to be on your diet when you're on vacation or those types of things. But again, what a lot of people just don't understand is I, I don't like, I don't take drugs and I don't, I don't have incredible genetics. Like I, I'm not, I wish I could. There's some people in fitness that are just blessed. You see it and it just, and maybe they do end up tightening up their diet and stuff like that or their training matters. But in a lot of cases, they're just lucky or they fucking take drugs, whatever. But I've had to be like dialed in. <laughs> and the reason I got where I was is because I was able to say no to bad food or too much food when everybody else that I was around said yes. And it came at a cost. I did not have as much fun as those people at that time. But now a lot of those people, you know, um, some of them complain to me about their weight. And they're not happy with how they're looking now and they have trouble finding the commitment or the dedication and discipline. It's like, I get it. It's hard. But this is why I was fighting so hard all those times. I, was, I had to be the fucking alien to do what I do because I just, I, I just can't look the way I need to look. When I'm lean, no one can shred like me because I, I'm 6'2 and I have, a lot of, I have a lot of size. So when I get lean and you start seeing the fucking waist to shoulder ratio and the size of my legs, and, and also I have fat face. So I, I, you know, when I have a little weight in my face, I look older I, I, and my body just it doesn't pop on camera. And because I'm tall and you can't, you can't tell that I'm not tall, I'm, but I'm taller than most people in fitness. Um, but the camera makes everyone look the same size. So I lose some of my physical, the one advantage I have in this space, you can't really tell on camera. So I just have to be a fucking, I just have to be a shredded fucking ninja at all times and still have size and then still have the energy to push myself in both a shred capacity and a gains capacity. And then I also have to be able to make the content for my members, continue to make content to market to new people. I mean, wow, it's, and, and now I'm, I'm, I'm at the age where I have to really think about, like I have to factor in if I'm making content on a certain day, I, I'm, I put that, that content on days where I'm not working out. Because to, if I put it on the same day when I do some of these workouts, I'm just miserable to work with and I just, I don't have the energy. So um, all these things kind of came to, the, to a head for me and I'm like, you know what? I've already invested 15 years into this. Um, I've lost my passion for it. How do I reconnect with it? Well, let me just, let me just go back to doing what I, what I originally was trying to do, which was create these fast, fun and effective fitness experiences and to make workouts that nobody else can make. And, and, and frankly, I've started to do that. I, I make workouts now that have 10 to 15 individual workouts within a single workout. And, uh, and I do it weekly. I've been doing it weekly all year. When I'm trying, when I'm, this is my, this is my first season of fitness. And what I'm trying to sh- demonstrate to you is that I'm just doing things people can't do. They can't do this. And, and honestly, I, they don't want to. Cause I'm, I'm now finally almost, I'm um, a little more five months and five and a half months, almost six months, almost half year and in, halfway into the year. And I'm finally finding the, the, the right amount to put into each one so it doesn't come at such a great cost to me personally. Because I, I, I don't want to become such a, you know, miserable person at home with my wife. 
And, and uh, she's always been good at helping me kind of keep that balance in perspective. But um, I'm like, I just got to recommit to this shit. And I've got to find my hunger again. And, and really what it is, when I am hungry, when I am hungry for food, not too hungry, but hungry enough, when I'm not totally full, satisfied, and rested, my pace and tempo increases and so does my fire and my competitiveness. I am more hungry in every other aspect of my life. Now, I can't let it get too much to the hanger where I become such a fucking prick and then I'd start taking it on other people with being moody and irritable and grumpy. You know, that's the part that I'm still, I'm still trying to perfect and it's getting better. I will say weed at night helps a lot. The CBD, the man baby CBD, and the weed at night helps a lot. It helps me take the edge off a little bit. But when I am hungry, everything everything changes. I just have this pace about me. I want to get things done because the key to managing hunger is you got to stay busy. You have to stay busy. You got to get a lot done. You keep your mind off the hunger. Hunger, I also, the right amount of hunger, it puts you in a state of movement, if you get too hungry, then you stop moving. You can't do anything. So it is it is such a balance. I was communicating with a member of the DailyBeeja.com, Chris Scarpati, also an original Gorilla Corn Gains member who never complained about a lower-cost version of the program becoming available after it finished. He was disappointed to see the, the, the full-cost program go and is ready to re-up for another. But it just didn't turn out that way. And I, I just, again, so I know I... I I give some airtime to some of these twats, but most of you are incredible people. I, and I fucking respect the shit out of you. If you're doing these workouts and I know, I know, I know the ones that are, you comment every week, you're, you're something else. Cause I don't know. I don't know if I could do these if I didn't do this for a living at this age. And you know, Chris Carpati's 46. He's a financial guy. You know that schedule, you know that life. And he's fucking doing some of the most challenging workouts I could ever imagine someone doing. And he's 46. And he has kids, a family. So, you know, I just, I want you guys to know how much I respect you. And that's why you become fuel for me. Because, you know, we're all in this together. We're doing the same program. Our bodies are generally going to respond to it the same way. And, and both inside and outside of the gym. And it's no mistake why I, I hear and see so many of you having success in your life that are doing these workouts because you, you're, you're doing something you don't have to do. That's hardening you. There's a lot of soft-ass motherfuckers out there. And if you're the hardest motherfucker in the room, if you go the hardest, and you can consistently overcome weekly challenges, these weekly stresses in the right amount, not too much stress because that'll fucking break you and make you worse, but the right amount of weekly stress hardens you, it fortifies you, it makes you more resilient, and it makes you a fucking animal. And there's a Michael Jordan, Daniel Plainview, that's the guy from There Will Be Blood, and again, without having to go to the level that Daniel Plainview did, all right, of, of competitiveness that you need to start applying to this. Being, having to rise to the occasion every week and get through these workouts, I mean, my body's had no choice but to lean out. It's had no fucking choice. My diet has been pretty on point, but I still I have pizza and 
treats on, on every Friday night and I, I, I go hard on Friday nights, make no mistake. But you know, the thing is when I talk about hunger being like a constant thing of fitness, you're hungry all week and you, and you work hard and you mostly protein and produce and, you know, good carbohydrates on, on higher activity days, et cetera. But you know, you're working for your cheat meal and whether it's Friday night, Saturday night for however your schedule is, and then you have it and then it makes you hungrier. So even when you finally can reward yourself, you're fucking hungry. So I said to Chris Carpati about how hungry these workouts have been making him. Because that's the one thing about exercising. It's, it's, for weight loss, it's really not a good thing unless you can manage your hunger. Because what most people do when they exercise, they just eat more and they offset the calories. And they'll definitely gain some muscle, but they, they can gain some fat or they won't lose any fat because they're, they're eating more calories to offset the increase in activity level. And, and they're still making the same shitty food choices. Instead of like a sub, they're eating a sub and a half or two subs because they're so fucking hungry. These workouts will make you so fucking hungry. And I will tell you too, um, the shred workouts during the week, they're the hardest. They are the hardest. They are, um, I avoided them for a couple of years and it showed up, it showed up my physique. When I do these workouts, I just, I get so fucking lean and tight in the middle. And then when I do my gain stuff or all the muscle building stuff, you can actually see the muscle. So um, it's, it's just something else. But I told him, and this is the quote from in the Gospel of Gains by the Metabolic Messiah, myself, only when you can learn to manage the hanger can you truly reach physical enlightenment. If you want to look a certain way, perform a certain way, and, you know, there's exceptions, right? Like sumo wrestlers, uh, offensive linemen, you know. And then at some point when you have such a high activity level, like playing three-hour games or you're really young, you can almost eat anything. But for the average person who has a, a business and a life or a job, a career, and then you had family, some of you have family and friends to worry about. Dog, dogs count, by the way. I've got two dogs. One of these dogs has three, th- three bouts of medication daily. <laughs> I mean... He's full-time. He's a full-time job, this dog. We love him. Calm. But man, this dog has so many, he had so many problems. He had he had ball cancer and both balls. And by the way, we didn't even know he had balls. They were inside of his body. And I had suspected it because he was humping his sister and he would get that like rape face on. You know, that, that like he, he had testosterone. I'm like, I'm, I told Naomi, he's got to still have his balls. She's like, there, there's no way. You don't even see him. He had balls inside of his body. And of course they had cancer. Beyond the fact that he has heart disease. So, you know, if you've got, <laughs> if you have pets, pets have to be considered too. All right? They're not at the same level of kids, but pets deserve recognition in terms of an extra time commitment. Because there's two hours of every day that we have to dedicate to the dog's minimum. So again, anyway, <clears throat> I get to that because I, I know we have some dog lovers that don't get enough respect for, for what it's like to take care of a dog. At that level. <clears throat> anyway. Where's I going with that? But yeah, so you've got to learn how to handle the hanger. You, that's all it is. That's all it is. Being hungry isn't just hungry for food. It makes you hungry for everything. You want more. You want to keep pushing. You want to keep moving. You're not comfortable with the status quo. You're working for the next meal. You're working for a bigger meal on a bigger plate. So it really is just getting, people say, I don't, I don't like to be hungry. Well, who does? 
And by the way, this is one thing I credit. Um, I'm not a practicing Muslim, but I, I would fast for the month of Ramadan with my father. And I even played two uh, football seasons while fasting. And by the way, it's a real fast. It's not just one of those fasts where like, oh, I'm not, I'm not doing diet soda this month. No, this is you can't eat or drink water. And if you vomit, you break the fast. You can't even vomit during, during sun, uh, when, when the sun is out. From dawn to dusk, you can't drink or eat anything. You can't vomit. I mean, it's, it's a serious fast. And it is the most miserable thing because basically what you're doing is, <laughs> in a lot of ways, you'd be like, why would you do this yourself? By the way, most Muslims, they, they don't. They, maybe if they do it, they do it once, that, that even practice, they'll do it like one, one day a week because it comes to such a great cost. You've got to sleep. You have no energy. It, it's just you're starving and you're dehydrated. And, and by the way, a lot of these countries are 100 de- degree climates. So it, it's not even safe to work. But getting through that, I, I did find it gave me a level of focus and intensity that allowed me to just do what I needed to do. And it also, when you go back to normal style of eating, it just makes it much easier to manage your hunger. Like, oh, it means, I, I mean, I haven't eaten in three hours, no big deal. For most Americans, like, they go crazy. They, they start losing their shit if they haven't had something in a couple hours. So there's something, that really it is the secret weapon because um, I think people make nutrition out to be more than it is. It's very important. I think it all starts with exercise because you can't maximize the nutritional return without exercise being in place, if that makes sense. If you're not breaking down muscle fibers and not depleting carbohydrate and your fat stores, you're not getting the most out of your nutrition. So nutrition becomes exponentially more important once exercise is in place. That's what, what I mean by that. Um, and, and there's plenty of people that have good enough genetics where as long as they're exercising and eat somewhat sensibly, not like a total fucking asshole, they, they look good and they're happy with how they look. But I need you to commit to finding, I need you to commit to hunger. I'm sorry, I'm sorry it's come to this. <laughs> you got to be comfortable with being hungry most of the time. Knowing that th- there is some reward at the end of the week. And obviously there's sometimes maybe you want to gain more muscle or you're being looser with things. But if we're talking about you wanting to really see your hard work. You really want to see the hard work of your workouts. You, you've got to learn how to just manage your hunger. And you got to learn how to not let it take away from the other things that are important in your life or to become a total piece of shit human being because it, it's, it's a fine line between hungry and hangry. And that's what we have to learn how to manage. And that's why it's so important to get the sleep, to work on your Netflix and stretch at night, to get the recovery going and uh, to lock in your nutrition. Because um, when, when you're applying, hunger is a serious stress to your body. Th- this is what people don't realize. There's a reason why a lot of trainers aren't as good a shape as they want to be because uh, they're so stressed out from what they're doing and they, they can't really commit to a good diet. And then the last thing they want to do at the end of a long day of training people is do their own fucking workout. So it's a tough thing that even, uh, that, that honestly, it's hardest for trainers in some ways because at least, you know, for you, fitness is just, a, for some people, you seem to love it. It's a challenge, but you it's, it's, it's an outlet for you. It's a physical outlet for people in this space that do it for a living. It, it, it stole the passion. Like all the joy is gone from it. I mean, I don't mean to be bleak about it, but like, it's why I'm like, don't, don't be like, you like fitness, don't make it a living because then it's a job. 
and, and then it, it, by the way, it's just one of those jobs that's, that's your whole life because you have to eat, sleep, recover and train and live a certain way all the time, or at least 80 to 90% of the time. <clears throat> so these are some quick tips. They're very subjective, but this is just comes with time. This comes with you getting more familiar with your body. Comes with maturation. You want to be hungry most nights. And you want to keep your calories lower earlier in the day. Because you're going to be able to run on fat for fuel most of the day and not and keep a more stable, keep more stable blood sugar levels. And then that allows you, so even if you have a meal that maybe you had more portions than you should have or whatever at night, still trying to make it more protein and produce-based, you know, it just gives you a little more dietary flexibility at night. And that, and when you have a heavy meal at night, that puts you right into this rest, recover, digest state. But you want to get most of your real important, especially the physical, the mentally, physically demanding stuff, you want to get done as early in the day as possible when your calories are lower. I'm just telling you right now, you're going to get more done. You're going to be more productive. Your pace is going to be furious. But then at the end of the day, you're going to be fucked, which is the way you want it to be. At the end of a long day, the way it should have been, the way it used to be for people like Daniel Plainview in the late 1800s to early 1900s was, I mean, they're working all day and they they, they work to exhaustion. The tank is empty and they fill it up. But they got a lot done. They were super productive during the day. Now, we just have access to so much more things. We don't need to live such a terrible life like they did because of advancements and everything else. But you've got to be hungry. When when I am eating too much or eating heavier stuff earlier in the day and I'm not locked in with that, I, I just don't get a lot of work done. And I get really comfortable. I get soft. And I, I, I'm okay with just good enough. You know what I mean? And, and that that's where it's it's just it's all reflected. God damn it, man. It's all so connected. The mind, the body, the soul, it's so connected. That's why I tell you, when the physical is on point, you can really start getting to the mental piece because you find this focus. You need to find this focus, and it hunger forces focus. It really does. Because you don't want to think about being hungry. And again, I'm not trying to uh, make it seem like you have to starve yourself. I don't want you to get any sort of eating disorder about what I'm talking about, but if you're not consistently like craving your meals, especially at night, and you don't go to bed a little bit hungry, not so hungry that you can't sleep, but hungry enough where you're like, fuck, like, and by the way, this, I, I start to, I really start to like listen to my body. Like, okay, I, I, I might need a couple hundred calorie treat here just so that I don't become a total fucking prick. I, I don't want to take it out on my wife and I, I want to make sure I don't, it doesn't affect my sleep because sometimes you get so hungry you can't sleep. So I'll, then I'll add it in. But then if I, I'm like, I can fight this, I can fight this. I'll just have some water, some tea, you know, maybe the sugar-free popsicles work their way back in. Typically I try to do, uh, if I do a dessert, it's going to be uh, fruit or frozen fruit with whipped cream at night. The cherries I love a lot, but you know, and one thing that's helps too is, and I, I original members of the dailybeager.com knew all about this, the, the digestion walk. You eat your dinner, you go take a walk for about 15 to 20 minutes and uh, man, that really helps. That really helps the digestion and also managing your hunger because a lot of what that can, like if you're still hungry at the end of a, of a meal, that is, it, you look at it, it's like, this is, this is plenty of food. Why am I still hungry? Well, you may not have gotten enough water with that meal um, and you may just take a fucking walk. 
Because by the time you come back, if you're still hungry, then you have some tea. And usually at that point, you're good. Do your Netflix and stretch, watch your shows, do maybe do a little pre-bed reading, whatever it is that gets you ready to just go to bed, turn off, relax, have some fun with the family and connect after the long, hard day's work that you that you worked your ass off for. You deserve that reward at night to recover. And, and that, that's why the recovery piece is so important. If you're not doing the recovery piece, hunger is unmanageable. If you're not getting enough sleep, you can't be hungry because not getting enough sleep makes you even hungrier normally, but especially when your calories are low. So I, I guess what I'm trying to say to you guys is you have to find the you have to find the ability through trial and error and constant fine tuning to give you just give yourself just enough nutrition during the day so you can completely exhaust yourself and then reward yourself with a big beautiful recovery meal with your family at night and then celebrate the success of the day by being together enjoying a meal together walking together with the dogs or just your family you could play some games dance sing have fun watch tv whatever do your netflix and stretch man that shit is critical i I recommitted to my mobility recently because when i decided okay i'm gonna do this i'm gonna i gotta commit another 15 years to this and i have to become the undisputed king Above and beyond, I, I, there, I still had some physical limitations I had to work through that as we progress these workouts, if I was just doing normal stuff, some of this range of motion wouldn't be as, as important. But if we're going to commit to doing things like, you know, challenging progression, especially with body weight, I've got to get to a level where there's just, there are no weaknesses and I keep working on fixing those and getting better. And again, that commitment, I, I had not been doing as much mobility work and it was starting to show. As I was doing these these weekly workouts, I'm like, fuck, I, I, I can't get into that position comfortably. So again, it, it's one of those things. I may have put too much trust on myself to start this year by trying to reconnect with the craft and give you the best of me weekly, but also ask the best of myself to to whole new levels. Because again, I am going to be 38. It's, it's, it's not going to get any easier for me from a... Uh, from an age standpoint, but I am getting really good at the mental component. And as I continue the breathing work, the meditation work, I'm going to, I'm going to be trying to add, um, I'm working on some breathing, eventually breathing resources for the daily because it's changing my life on so many fronts. You just wait till I share some of the stuff with you. I am, I am working hard behind the scenes. I will only bring it to you when it's ready. So you can trust me on that. Um, but I, I, I want you to be, to, to try to commit, just figure it out. Do you want to do this? If you want to do this at the highest level, you've got to find a way to, to be hungry and, and still get a lot done and not be a total prick. And, and that really is the, the difference maker. It's a difference maker. And you being able to see what you want to see from your, your return on your fitness investment. And it allows you to be able to have that flexibility on the weekends that other people utilize all the time. And this is what it comes back to too. So I talk, tell you about this 15-year thing. I, I, I got to do another 15 years of this fucking shit, another jail sentence. Or you can look at it as, no, this is another 15 years for you to honor the gift and do it even better than you did the first 15 years. So again, it is all about perspective. But this gentleman who looked about 15 years older than me, I went this weekend to pick up um, this delicious steak and potato meal from this place called Old Place in Malibu. It's always a beautiful drive too. I, I mean, I, I, we have the Jeep Wrangler, so uh, we've been trying to do some joy rides recently. But just to drive out around that 
that area and go pick it up this really cool place that's it's like from another world it really it feels like it could be a, a restaurant and the movie there will be blood it's just so funny how much it's all connected but so uh i i, I walk in i got my mask on i'm wearing my sleeves separately uh I, I, there's a long lunge man that aren't out yet they will be out hopefully soon when things pick back up but they're they're six inch inseams so I'll, I'll wear those out more often especially when i'm going to get some stuff because you know it just that it that two inch, every inch matters with these shorts, okay? And then I'm also wearing the mic drop sleeveless hoodie that is done, but it's not you know we again we had development got shut down during the pandemic because we just can't we couldn't manufacture here in LA, but it's starting to pick back up. Hopefully, we've got some updates coming to everybody at the sleevesoseparately.com newsletter. You'll you'll find out as soon as your pre-orders will be coming. Lots of great stuffs on the way, but. Look, man, I, I make clothes. I make my own, we make our, my own clothes. <laughs> and I'm getting, I'm getting in really good shape. I'm, I might be, I might be, I might be a week or two away from the best shape of my life. All time. So that's exciting. Uh, Cause you, I, I thought maybe that was just going to be behind me. And, and I was okay with that because I really just didn't care anymore, but I can't, I can't sell the clothes. I can't make the clothes look the, the way they need to look for us to do what we want to do as a company. Unless I, I, I just have, the type of physique that is just indisputable and it's going to come at a cost and I'm willing to pay that toll. Finally, it took me a while to get there. So, um, you know, I'm, I must've been looking pretty good because this guy spotted me immediately and I could tell he was looking over and he, he was the loudest guy in the room. He was drawing a lot of attention and, uh, Good looking guy that is about 15 years older than me. That was, he's thick. He's like a, a fucking, he was like a steak, this guy. But you know, he, he, he looks like a guy that is no longer pushing himself physically. Okay. And I, I wouldn't even have noticed until I, I, I look back at the whole interaction. So I, I'm waiting, I paid, I'm waiting for the food to be done. I've got a mask on. I've got my glasses. I'm trying to look as incognito as possible. Of course, this guy is, is not, he doesn't need a mask. Why, why would he use a mask? Why would he use a mask? There's a fucking uh, pandemic going on. But, you know, again, this guy, he's gotten this far. And uh, he's like, fuck it, I'm not going to wear a mask. He's that dude, okay? And I am I could tell he starts talking, and I know he's talking to me. But I'm pretending with my glasses and the mask on like that he's talking to someone else. And then he just, he walks up right up to me, closer than six feet, of course. I got to tell some of you fucking morons out there. Why are you pushing it? Why are you pushing it with this stuff? It's not a hoax. Are you fucking kidding me? Anyway, um, but he comes up to me and he says, you know what? I used to be as chiseled as you, which by the way, there's nothing more insulting than someone coming up and saying that to someone like me, because no, you weren't. <laughs> no, you weren't. You were on the cover of men's health. Oh no, you were just in, you were in good shape. 15 years ago, you were in good shape for you, but you, didn't, you weren't as chiseled as me. Get the fuck out of here. And if you were, you certainly aren't now. Okay, so, but that, that was his point. And, and by the way, I don't like it when people come and tell me that because I like, I feel bad. It's like, well, and, and I try to tell them, I, I said, write to him in response. Oh yeah, but you're probably having a lot more fun. And trust me, it's not worth it. And he goes, no, no, uh, no, I, I, I'd much rather look like you. And I'm like, no, nah, I, I, trust me. It's, look, look, you're having a great time. I'm sure it's a lot more fun. No, he goes, no. He goes, I regret it. And it was like this guy, I don't know, it felt like a fucking moment from the universe. My wife 
confirmed when I came back home and shared the story with her. It was almost like what I could have been in 15 years had I not made this commitment, again, back to what I do and to you and to myself, that uh, I would have been that guy. I, I Because I would have put all my energy into just making money, getting us to a, a state where we can finally just take some time off. Because I know where, I mean, God, I mean, I'm already feeling the losses of, uh, of daily energy from age. I, I can't even imagine what it's going to be like in 15 years. So respect some of you people in your 40s, 50s, and 60s who we have doing these workouts. You'll never know how much I respect you. Again, we'll never be friends. We'll never meet. And it's better that way. Because I, you know, I'm too much like Daniel Plainview and there will be blood. But it doesn't mean that we can't keep working and together and push each other to get the most out of this life. We'll just do it from a distance. But man, you have my fucking respect because I don't know how you do it. I I told my wife, you've really done a good job of finding some savage cutthroat motherfuckers that want to put themselves through this when they don't have to because they know that if they don't, they're going to get soft and that even when they have success in their life, they're not fully confident in all of the, in their whole being. Because this guy, clearly, he, he lost his confidence. He still was a good-looking guy. Make no mistake, but this is a guy that he gave up on himself a little bit in this regard. But he obviously, he's in Malibu. He's enjoying a, a fine meal. He's comfortable enough with his health <laughs> that he's going around in the pandemic without a mask. So the guy's done well. But it was very clear to me, again, I... He initiated this interaction. I tried to d- diffuse it and say, look, you're, you're, you're obviously having a lot more fun. This is not worth it. Trust me, it's too much work and sacrifice. And he's like, no, uh, it's, it's, it's worth the sacrifice because he might be like, shit, I wish I could still look somewhat like that or the way I used to look while I'm enjoying this life. Because it's really hard to turn back the clock every decade. And when I recommitted this time, I'm like, fuck, I don't want to have to get this... I don't want to have to go through another shred again. I don't. Because every time you do it, um, well, that's not necessarily true. I, I, I get continually better at it, but it's also what I do. Uh, most people don't get better at it. They, they just, they keep, they, they did what they did before when, when they were younger and they wonder why it doesn't work when they're older. And it's because you're older. Yeah, we're, we're depreciating assets in some ways unless well, we are all, we always will be in some ways, right? Father time's undefeated. But when you look at the totality of the being, as long as you're improving other aspects of what makes the whole, even if one or two of the pieces is decaying a bit, if you're adding more overall pieces to that pie, you can continue to improve. And uh, I just thought, wow, what a, was that, was that me possibly in 15 years telling myself, look, I know it's hard, and it's get, but it's going to get harder. And, and the alternative is not great because, you know, he was moving, he was walking with a limp, you know, it's it kind of that, that kind of duck walk, right? Where, you know, he's, he's still got some muscle, but, you know, he's kind of just wobbling because he just, he's lost his mobility. He's lost his twitch. You know, he's lost that pop. He obviously doesn't have the same energy. So I share that with you because it just seemed, and I've always benefited I've been blessed to benefit from these interactions in my life, or at least I've just recognized them. Many people experience this stuff. They just don't know. They can't recognize it because they're not looking for it or that they don't have uh, the focus to take away these things. That It was a gift to, to interact with this guy and just remind myself, no, I, 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 I don't want to... I, 
I kind of started approaching my training and everything else like, just be good enough, better than most, which I can do. That's easy. It's not easy, but I mean, it's, it's very doable. But to, to look and, and continually push myself, not just look my best, but to try to, for as long as I can, to try to keep squeezing out whatever gains I can, I was not doing that until recently. And now that I am, the gains I'm seeing in the gym are translating to our business. We've actually improved our business in many ways during this quarantine. When a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of other businesses are really struggling. And yes, we are equipped to do this from home, but make no mistake, it really hit us in a type of way for sleeves initially, but we found ways to keep getting sales on the products that we have in stock. We launched our own CBD line, manbabycbd.com. You can check that out. And uh, we've been really just giving everything we have to the members of the dailybeager.com who are experiencing the same gains because you're training the same way I am. You're doing my workouts. Some of you motherfuckers are like, I'm using a 50. I'm like, well, <laughs> I used a 50. So I doubt, I doubt you're using it the right way. But I'm like, you know what? What do I expect? I'm out here fucking sharing my secrets, literally giving you my exact workouts. This is the exact shit I'm doing every week, by the way. Exact. And sometimes I can't even do all of them because I, I, I like the first week of the Saturday workout in May, that one, one, three, five, five AMRAPs total body strength workout. I couldn't do it that, that week. I had, I, cause I had to take the whole weekend off to recover from recover in every way I had to. <clears throat> but when I am doing all four, I'm at least doing the two during the week. I always do three really. Um, but when I'm doing the full four, um, you know, I'm, I'm with you every step of the way I'm doing, those are the workouts I'm doing. And, uh, it's just, I'm you, some of you are that have been doing this now, you're starting to, you're starting to accumulate not only the months, but the years. Congratulations. You figured it out. You figured out fitness. Every year is a season in your professional athletic career. How many seasons are you willing to put in? And this, unlike most competitive athletics, because fitness has so many elements to it. And as I've mentioned, there is a, a mental component, a breathing component, a recovery component that can help you unlock things you never could experience when you were younger because you never paid attention to this because you felt like you didn't have to. Or that it can at least offset some of the detriments of age. I mean... It was tough for me to say after 15 seasons, I got to put in 15 more. God damn, that was tough. But wow, if I put another 15 in, holy shit. And then I, I started thinking, you know, and honestly, fuck men's health, really. But, you know, that was a 30-year brand. It took them 30 years. I've only put in really the 15, right? A little more than 15 at this point, but let's say it's the 15 for argument's sake. And most of that time, I, I was helping other brands. But I'm coming on the three-year anniversary of leaving Men's Health. And it's so funny, guys. I get these updates. You know, Instagram, like, will give you, uh, this is, this on this day, this photo or video was taken, took place like three years ago. I'm getting a lot of those now in 2017. This is literally the time where I had a, I had that, um, verbal altercation with the video guy and then got reprimanded by HR and then took, gave, I took two weeks PTO and then came back and gave him two weeks notice and I was gone. And I just start the dailybeager.com from scratch um, with my wife and we literally launched it the first day I had left Men's Health and it, we're coming on the three anniversary here. 
And um, even in the first year, I, I, did, I wasn't working with really any publishing brands. And obviously, the whole men's health thing went, went totally sour. But, um, you know, I was doing some ads and some sponsorships and stuff like that. But like this year, I haven't done, it's been, we are pulling in money in business for multiple, multiple things, multiple, like a handful of things in, in a legitimate way by ourselves. Now I'm not reaching the millions that I used to. I never will. In most cases, I think that's for a lot of reasons. I'm not willing probably to make the type of fitness content I need to make to reach the masses, nor do I have the resources or maybe the look or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Who knows? Uh, to be appealing to, to, to the masses, but I, I've developed, you know, a pretty significant following the last 15 years and I'm getting really good at what I'm doing, especially in the sense of what I'm trying to get better at more so is the teaching side. It's one thing to just make killer workouts, but I think what I'm doing this year in the way that I haven't is, is physical education because with each week, as I, I show you ways to make it harder and how we're, we're progressing, you, 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 whether you know it or not, you may not be uh, capable of, of expressing it through language, but you're starting to understand how it is to make things easier, harder, other than making things lighter or heavier. This has been pure physical education this year, whether you've realized it or not. You're just, you're attending the best gym class in the world from your home. And many of you can access a great portion of it for free. And obviously the ones that are members of the site, they know the benefit of committing to the monthly membership site to access Gorilla Core and Gains and, and the full community. You know, we're going to keep fortifying that. Uh, that's my commitment to, uh, I wanted to make it all the way through. I wanted to start giving things not just on time or right before they were due, but I, I, maybe a little bit early. I'm trying to to improve in every way we can within our resources, uh, knowing that we, we need a team and we need help. And we hope to get that soon, but... Um, this was a longer podcast, but man, I, I had to just share that with you because I look at what, what's gotten me to where I am today is my hunger. And when I lost that hunger the last couple of years, because I was full, <laughs> I was having a good time. Make no mistake. These were, those were two really good years. We were eating out like fucking five days a week, fucking taking half days on most days, extended three or four day weekends. And I, I got, the, at one point I got the dailybj.com to the point where I could, um, design them in an hour, film them in an hour, and then get them up in an hour. So it was a half day of work for a, a, what was a month of income. And it was still good stuff. But it, it, I mean, in fairness, I have to say like that, that was, that was still really quality content. Um, the amount of extra work that has to go into making it better or this much better. God damn, it becomes a full-time job. This weekly workout show is a full-time job. We have to, we, we, we make our own ads. We literally are, we, I, we are making our own, I appear in my own ads during our live workouts. So uh, what I'm saying to you is it's been three years when I had to start, start over again and then start this and, and, you know, it's had its ebbs and flows, but, um, I am so happy. I fucking left men's health. You have no fucking clue to have, to, if I was still working at men's health during this pandemic, God, that would just be miserable. Um, a, I'd still be fucking in Pennsylvania. Fucking kill me now. No offense. But facts, <laughs> it matters where you live, man. Um, at least for me, it does because the weather is fucking amazing. But, um, you know, even with this quarantine, the, 
The weather's just beautiful. I can go outside. And, and you know what? That first 15 years put me in the position where I could, I, I could have a pool and a hot tub in the backyard. So, you know, it's, it's not all for nothing. And it's those, those sacrifices and willingness to be hungry and stay hungry along the way that even when things get bad, I, I'm much – I'm so happy I'm quarantining in, in Southern California. Because uh, in the past, it would have been Pennsylvania or Wisconsin, and, and that would have been a lot worse. Because this has been tough. This has been tough on a lot of people. And I'll just tell you this. I, I learned – I know everything I need to know about people – the way they handle this quarantine. Because if you wasted time and you gained weight and you just watch TV and you've complained and you just fucking spend all your time on TikTok making useless content that people fucking literally forget about five seconds later, you've you've wasted some serious time. This was, this is going to be a two-year training camp as it is. Things will not be the same as they were before this happened for, for, for two years. Make no mistake. And as I alluded to this in the past, it's either a two-year prison sentence or a two-year training camp. And training camp, that's where fighters go. They go away and they isolate themselves on the purpose. And that's all my wife and I have done. What else do you do except get to the work? And again, we still have fun and we've been trying to, we've recommitted now to, I'm not trying to do any work on weekends. So that's, that's trying to get things done early because what was happening is I was working every fucking day. Because I, if I had the time, I would do it and I, I was burning out. I, I at this at this stage of my life, my career, I need I need two full week week weekends. So um, two full week and days. I need Saturday and Sunday, okay? Like like any like we all do. If I want to make this uh, a long term thing. But man, I'm so happy that it's just my wife and I, and and we we made some really smart decisions. I'm not bragging right now. I'm just. I'm I'm just trying to I'm just sharing this with you. It's like wow, I three years ago we didn't know what was going to happen, but I knew I had to leave men's health, and I knew I had to take the next step in my career. I know many of you people will either have faced something like this or will face it, and man, it was daunting <clears throat> to go from I'll never you'll never understand. I don't think it, it's hard to explain to, to have gone from being the guy in fitness to just being. Not only another another one, but frankly, a lot of people have passed me on social media. They've, they've uh, gotten more of an influence. That stings. The competitive guy in me wants to fucking crush them. And uh, <laughs> it makes it... Again, I, like, Jordan hated the competition. So do I. Now, I have friends in fitness, but um, not many. And... Uh, even it's hard for me not even get competitive with them. I, 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 that's why I only have a few. It's just in my DNA and uh, it's just in there. You know, like I just have this hunger in me and uh, it's so good to reconnect with it because my wife looked at me recently. She's like, God damn, what's with the intensity? I'm like fucking frothing at the mouth because, um, man, I'm, I'm a fucking dangerous motherfucker. You are your most dangerous when you're hungry. I'm not, and yes, you, that's when you will kill someone. So you got to be careful. But um, hunger, thirst, okay? I'm not saying, <laughs> do you get where I'm going with this? It, it, it really, it just fucking matters. And you got to fight for it and you got to find a way to manage it and, and not just manage it, use it. Because I think it's one of the most powerful tools you can use in your arsenal. A lot of uh, ranting, raving, hopefully you got something out of this. But man, I had to share this with you. And uh, I just, that guy, that guy coming up, what a fucking thing. What a fucking thing. The guy literally telling me, no, trust me, man. Like, 
Yeah, I know. I remember it was more work and stuff, but I, God, I wish I would have kept it up. Because the thought, even if he got back to that, he's, he's far enough gone at this point where he needs professional help to get to that level again. You know what I mean? Like, because he's going to have to change the way he trains. He looks like a bro. His body can't do bro training again like that way. It's done. That's why the best way is to never start that shit and find smarter ways like we do at thedailybj.com or evolve as early as possible in your career before you've cast cast all your fitness checks and, and fucking turn your fucking spine into dust, knees into dust, okay? So find a way to manage the hanger. Just don't make sure you don't get, you don't get too hungry. It's got to be the right amount, okay? And that, that's an amount that you can only teach yourself. Love you guys. Peace.